Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl, and here are today's topics. Manchester City perhaps slamming the door shut on Chelsea's title hopes, thanks to Kevin De Bruyne's superb goal at the Etihad. Liverpool keeping pace as best they can after dismantling Brentford at Anfield. A dream return to the Premier League for Philip Coutinho as he and Aston Villa spoil Man United's bright start. And Rafa Benitez out as Everton manager after the Toffees fell 2-1 at Norwich City. That's what we've got coming up on today's episode. But before, my friend, we get to the games that did happen this weekend, we thought one of the biggest games that we may have started this podcast uh, with was the North London derby, Spurs versus Arsenal, the the game postponed because of Arsenal's camp and too many COVID, too many injured, too many away, suspended. Um, Now, this one's been really pushed back from Spurs, and they made a statement about this, Rob, and and I kind of, I I understand where they're coming from. The whole point of these, the kind of rule of, you know, 13 outfield players and a goalkeeper, and you've, got, you've got to play the game, was yeah. all based on clubs having a real big problem with COVID. Two, three, four, five, six, seven players. We've seen other clubs affected, yeah. which obviously a bit, uh, affects your ability to put out a side. But this one was, was different because only one player, when the game was requested to be postponed by Arsenal, was affected by COVID. The rest was... Africa Cup of Nations, suspensions, injuries, meant that they they didn't have the requisite number of of players to play. Now, rules are rules. I get that. And the Premier League are well aware of the rules, Rob. Mm. But it... And I don't know whether you can change mid-season now, like, because teams have... have, have worked around these rules and teams have been thrown out there by other clubs Mm. that threw under-21 players out there to get a team. It, It feels wrong because only one COVID case affected this, Rob. I mean, th- yeah. this was not... This is... Is this just no. a loophole? This is, yeah. Or... This, is isn't it... what, this isn't what the Premier League designed this, this postponement and, and the protocol in place for. So you've got people at African Cup of Nations, you get somebody suspended, you put two players out on loan, and you've got yeah. one COVID case. That doesn't seem to me... feels a bit like the clubs... And it's not just Arsenal, Rob. Arsenal has is, is come to light because of this situation. But clubs are almost manipulating the situation. It looks to me like clubs are looking and thinking, what state are we in? Are we got enough fit? No, let's go for the COVID thing. And that's not right. And that that will skew uh, the league and and change and challenge the integrity of the league when we finish. If we think, well, some teams got a rest then and then, you know, they got a full team out when they played. And Ralph Hasenhurtl has talked about it, Rob, hasn't he? He's gone quite strong in saying about, you know, the players that, were available to play in the at the game time should only be the players who play. So if you bring somebody in new, a new signing shouldn't be able to play in a game that's postponed because he wouldn't have been able to play during that period. Now, how you're going to police and manage that, I do not know. Mm. But I, I understand the sentiments and I, and I just feel as though we just have to be careful with you know this game and this league that we love and that we promote and, 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 and report on doesn't lose a little bit of, it, of, it, of its integrity that, that, you know, teams are seeming to know what to do to get a game called off for a week or two before they're in better shape. Yeah, and it's difficult, Rob, for the Premier League to send officials to clubs yeah, examining who's injured, <laughs> examining who's had this, this little lateral flow test on this yeah. little piece of plastic thing that they use right now. And it's just, yeah, it, it, it's... 
It's not great, and I, and I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is, Rob. Mm. Um, I suppose the rules are the rules, and, and Arsenal say, "Well, we can't field a team anyway." Yeah. Let, let's move on from yeah, that. Frustrating because we all want to yeah. see that North London derby, yeah, absolutely, um, and particularly Spurs the way they reacted to it. Okay, but we did see a big game in the Premier League, Rob, mm. affecting first and second. Manchester City won, Chelsea nil. Yeah, uh, a Kevin De Bruyne strike from around the edge of the box, so a wonderful goal with quality and intelligence and. Superb technique from Kevin De Bruyne. Um, gives them a 13-point lead over Chelsea. Um, hmm. First of all, let's get, let's get to the to the big question. Yeah. Does this mean that Chelsea can't win the Premier League title from here? Yeah, for me, Rob, it, it was that clear cut. It was that important. I, I just think if you're 13 points behind uh, Manchester City at this stage... The kind of run you're going to go have to go on, the kind of run that they're going to have to endure isn't going to happen. Yeah. We've seen Pep Guardiola no. in this team, Rob. It isn't going to happen. So this was a huge game to cut the gap to seven to give themselves a chance in the race or to be pretty much put out of it. And I think it's more the latter. I think you can tell from Tuchel's reaction after the game and, and quite a strong interview will talk about that. Uh, I think the, the players realised that it wasn't. And for the... For, for, for parts of the first half, Rob, although Chelsea weren't particularly playing well, part of the game plan was working. Part of the yep. game plan of getting midfield on to break things up, to hit balls early and, and find space, was working up until technically and tactically they, they didn't quite deliver the right ball, the right pass down the sides, in behind, when, when Manchester City pulled, and they did win possession. If they had of and they scored a goal, we could be talking about a very different result because at that stage I'm thinking, this is good, Chelsea. This is a good way to play Manchester City. And, and hmm. opportunities were there. Again, we'll talk about those. But um, it didn't happen. City weathered the storm or whatever, got away with, with what they needed to in the first half, with domination of possession. Got a br- brilliant goal and, and march on. Yeah, I, I, um, I agree. I, I think the way to play Man City, when they're as confident and they're playing as well in their football as they are right now, Really, I can't think of many other teams around the world that could go toe-to-toe, basically, and, and play on the front foot, be expansive, not be defensively kind yeah. of deep. And Chelsea were deep, and we knew that the rhythm of the game was going to be that way. But I think Lee Dixon said it multiple times in commentary, Rob, and yeah. totally agreed. There was space to play balls in behind. Now, mm. you don't get that opportunity very often because Man City's counter-press, and the way they win the ball back, yeah. doesn't allow many Chelsea midfield players to receive the ball and to look up and make yeah. that ball in. Mm-hmm. It happened in the second half of Lukaku going yeah. through. But in the first half, they had not many looks, but there were some looks and they yeah. didn't do it. They went to feet or they get sideways and sideways. So I thought that as well as Chelsea were defending and looked pretty strong yeah. and restricted City to very few opportunities, really, yeah. Rob, apart from the big Jack Grealish chance. Yeah. I mean, my first half notes were, okay. City, we know this is going to be the pattern, mm. but, but what's been created here? What's yeah. been created? And a uh, Mateo Kovacic mistake from trying to play out. Yeah. And fair play to City, that's part of what they do mm-hmm. is to pressurise. Um, Jack Grealish, the, the, the chance that, that, I mean, he's got to score, really. Mm. I mean, I know it's a, it's a decent save, um, but he's got to score there. That was the, that was the only really yeah. moment in the first half, Rob, mm. that could have been defining and could have created a goal. Grealish missed it. Um, and second half, it, it kind of changed a little bit. And yeah. then Lukaku had a chance. Yeah, 47, you know, before, before, 47 minutes on the clock, Rob. Two minutes into this, into this second half. 
he gets a chance that all that work you've been doing, all the, 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 the tactics you, you set up, all the kind of suffering yeah. you've got to go through, there's your moment. And that was a ball roll. And yeah. that was the ball through. That's yeah. exactly what they didn't do in the first half. Mm-hmm. He gets played in and he, and he doesn't take his opportunity. We'll talk about Lukaku a little bit further uh, um, more in depth, Rob, in a minute. Um, but, but after that, again, you know, then it comes down to Kevin De Bruyne later on. Uh, it makes a brilliant goal and, and 1-0 as a result. And, and we all talk about City's greatness and Chelsea's kind yeah. of struggles, if you like. But it could have been a little different given some of these chances. Um, just on, on uh, Romelu Lukaku then, Rob, let's get cracking on him. Yeah. You, you tell everybody that, what Thomas Tuchel said. Well, Thomas Tuchel was, was asked after the game about um, did they create enough chances with it almost like are they playing to, to Lukaku's strength? Is there more we should do to provide for him? And he was quite strong, Thomas Tuchel, in, in that, yes, the team can do better, but Romelu can do better himself. He can do more for making service. He talked about and criticised him, and I actually agreed with him. I'd made a couple of notes in the first half, Rob, where his build-up play was loose, Lukaku. Gave the ball away a number of times when his team needed him to hold it and join people in. And then the biggest point of all is when you pay $135 million for a striker, when you've won the Champions League and you say the missing piece, the reason why people like Robbie Musto will say Chelsea got a chance to win the title, because you buy Romelu Lukaku. You buy Romelu Lukaku to score your 20-plus goals. And in the big games, in the big moments, Romelu Lukaku has to get you a goal. And in the big game, in the big moment, when he's one-on-one with Edison, he misses that opportunity. Right there changed the game for me, Rob. Right there was Chelsea being 1-0 up, being able to defend. City now will have to maybe open up a little bit. It just feels a different game to me. And I just... The reason I've always felt with Lukaku, and, and, he's, and he's so much better than he was at Manchester United, we know his game's developed, but I still think he's a bit streaky, and I'm never quite as sure. He's not Sergio Aguero, is he? He's not that guy that you totally believe in in a one-on-one. I, I would, I would. I mean, again, it seems a little unfair, really, but all we heard about when Lukaku came back to Chelsea, Rob, is how his game's developed, mm. how great he's become in small spaces because of the way that uh, you know, the Italians kind of defend very deep and, and very tactical. Now, again, for those that love Lukaku and, and will blame the manager more, I understand, and this, you know, we could get into this if we wanted to, Rob, the Tuchel style, mm. the football style, not, not so much in this game because it's against Man City, but generally it's kind of slow build-up yeah. and controlling, and they manoeuvre up the field, and they're very high, and they keep the ball going cross across, and they have great control, and they defend with the ball fine. I don't think, and I'm going to throw it back to you in a second, that that helps the forwards at this football club. Because sitting here right now in January, I still don't know who the best front three is for Chelsea. We don't know. He's tried everybody. Pulisic back in the side uh, and Ziyech I thought was poor. Mm. But we don't. We still, still don't really. You, you could argue, Rob, that all the front players, Werner, Habits, all of them are struggling a little with this slow football. Now, we've enjoyed this football, and I, and I, I like that control, but I think the more you think about it, Havertz hasn't really done it. Werner's not really done it. I mean, Mount's been good, but more yeah. of a midfield player. Yeah. Yeah. And we know, and I've, before I throw it to you, we know that Lukaku is better running, running from out to in and making those runs in behind. But as a $130 million player, Rob, mm. he's got to be better at doing the hold-up play. I thought some of his hold-up play and his passing was... 
really poor mm. given what we expect from him. So um, back on that point about the attacking play, Rob, yeah. and, and with Chelsea being slow, and that allows, of course, teams to get back. They can funnel in. They can get their 5-4-1 or whatever they want to play, 4-4-2, in a really strong shape. It makes it difficult for the front players to do their thing when there's very little space around them or in behind to make those runs. That said, we still go back to he has the one-on-one chance that, that he should he, he should score. Um, I agree with you that we're not sure about the, who are the right, what's the right mix. COVID hasn't helped. Injuries to some, etc. It's not helped repetition and continuity that, that, that Tuchel would like. Um, it begs the question, Rob, then, a, a little bit of what you're saying, and, and it was something Danny touched on. He, Danny, Danny was quite strong in saying he didn't think that Lukaku was Tuchel, Tuchel's man. He thinks it was almost like a club signing or somebody else bought him but, in and said, here's, okay. here's, here's your guy. Can I just answer that, Rob, straight yeah. away? Well... I think this club doesn't sign anybody purely based on what the manager wants. That's mm-hmm. the whole point of this club, isn't it? I mean, the, the, there's directors of football there. There's a recruitment of this football club that I think irrespective of who the manager is. Now, there might be occasions where a manager might suggest and, and poke and prod and try and get somebody. But I think on the most part, the club will not be dictated to like many others are in, ter- mm-hmm. in terms of who they sign. Because what's the point of allowing managers to to have their picks of signings when they're probably going to last for two years or less. We know the rotations at Chelsea. It's Mm. not about the manager building things. It's about a manager coming in and coaching the team. So I I would disagree that, is this a Tuchel signing? Was he a, uh, he's a club signing. The club, the club, the club, club that's, that's the, 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 the bulk of the decisions are club based and not manager or, or really I should say head coach based at Chelsea. Yeah, so that being said, um, and I don't disagree with the point, Thomas Tuchel then has to do a better job with Romelu Lukaku. Early in the season, Rob, we saw signs of Lukaku, we saw signs of, of Mount and, and Ziyech and Victor Pulisic and Werner. What we say, this looks interesting. This, this, could be, this could be dangerous. And we haven't seen it on a consistent basis. Now, if, if Tuchel's job is to coach the quality of players that are brought to, to him by the football club, then you'd have to say he isn't doing a very good job or the job being done with, with Romelu Lukaku is not going to plan at this stage. Or, or Rob, well, just finally on this, mm. or you would you expect more from Romelu Lukaku mm. to play in order. Well, that's what style. I'm saying. In order from I'm, I'm saying if you're playing a $135 million striker, I think you have some adaption. And I, I just don't think he's quite fit. It's quite work because I don't think he, he's playing that well. Yeah, yeah. Just a quick line before we move on, Rob, on Manchester City now. I mean, 56 points in, in, in different ways, different midfield players scoring. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's our chats on Man City, Rob. I mean, it's more fun to get into details of when things aren't going well. When, when you're as grooved and as good and as consistent uh, as Man City are and rotating the players like they do, ins and outs of people coming in and Diaz didn't start, like, what, eh? Yeah. Like, you know, in a game like this. Um there's, 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 there's just there's just fewer things to say about Man City apart from the same wow, grooved, brilliant play, control at it, goalkeeper makes a save when you want him to, and somebody Rob steps up in midfield yeah. to score the goals. It, 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 man, it, it, yeah. Whoever it is, yeah. it was De Bruyne this time. 
Is there any is there anything we see in them, Rob, that that suggests? And I would just throw out there as a flipping wild stab in the dark: the first twenty minutes, half an hour of the game, they didn't look like scoring too much mm. with a with a strong. Uh, mm. And and that was my kind of thought at the start of the season, which has been totally proved wrong. That there would there'd be more games like the first half an hour, where they'd be play, 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 but not but not score and not create the the, the guilt edge chances to to put them ahead in games. Obviously, they've done that. But is there anything in the future, Rob, that why, what might change the situation right now with their dominance? It's hard to say. You, you're picking, uh, you're nitpicking, to be honest, Rob. Yeah. Same thing. I mean, didn't have too many real clear-cut looks. The Jack Grealish one, Jack should take. Informed yeah. Jack, playing well, should take that. You won the up. Um, the football still dominates. You've got to remember, Mares would pl- could possibly play and would be part of it. They still got Jesus who come, can come on. So, so many different ways they can do it. Rob, I thought Sterling looked night and sharp. Gave Alonso problems yeah. early on. Got yeah. him a yellow card. Um, so now, and and Pep was interesting. Uh, I listened to his interview last night when I got back and um, gave a lot of praise to his group and said, 12 straight wins, gap at the top, he said. Biggest thing about this group is their hunger, their desire, their drive, their training, their, their, their motivated group. You know, we've heard Cristiano Ronaldo this week talking about United and the lack of motivation and the drive in that dressing room. Pep said this group is, it, it deserves more credit than he gets for what it does. You know, is it something like the fifth time now they've gone on this 11, 12 game kind of winning run in, in league football under Pep? It's remarkable. Yeah. And I just, for the, for, for, Thinking about it last night, I'm thinking, who am I going to go my underappreciated player if, if it's not somebody today? And somebody came to mind, Robbie Musson, and, 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 I, and I want you to bear with me on this one. Edison, the goalkeeper. Okay, let me talk about being a Manchester City goalkeeper, basically. You could be doing what we're doing at the moment, sit on a chair and, and watch things go on. Because you don't have pretty, very much to do, Rob. For 90 minutes, you have not much to do, which actually makes his job harder. Because when you do have to do something, you've got to be right in terms of concentration, right with your decision-making, and be sort of fresh enough and, and, and nimble enough to deal with, with, with the situation. Mental and physical sort of alertness and, 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 and being ready. Edison has that. I looked at his numbers, Rob. He's played 166 Premier League games. He's got 83 clean sheets. 50% of the games he's played in the Premier League, he's kept a clean sheet. He also, he also can get on the ball and, and, and bang it anyway. And yes, I know you can tell me about the defenders in front of him and don't have much to do in the defend with the ball. And all that, and all that, and all that. And I get it. Let me also tell you the one big thing that happened. When he was needed for his team yesterday, when Romelu Lukaku went through after 47 minutes, came up with a brilliant big save that... Change the game. They gave City the platform to go on. Mm. And that's why I don't think... I think for all that we talk about City and the greatness and the passing and the movement, they've got a goalkeeper back there who doesn't have to do much, but when he's called on, generally does a good job of what he's got to do. Don't mind it, Rob. And I'll tell you what, also... (coughs) Excuse me. Our listeners or viewers on this on YouTube here, whether they... They probably do realise that... And it probably is appreciated. His ability on the ball on the to ball. pass it is on the ball. Is, he's, a, he's a central midfield I mean, player playing in goal. He has got fantastic technique, vision, awareness, mm. weight on his passing, decision making because decision deciding what to do. Shall I, can I? Shall I go into midfield? Shall I go to fullback? Or shall I clip it up? Or shall I play it over the top? I mean that 
maybe is underappreciated. Yeah. Um, I don't think it is because we talk about it a lot, but his 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 ability on the ball is, is phenomenal. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, it's difficult, Robin. When you see a game and City win and you try yeah. and pick out an yeah. underappreciated, it's like, well, pretty much all these players are, are, are appreciated now. There's, no, there's not really many that are particularly underappreciated, but a pick out maybe a part of his game that is, yeah. is a good shout, and, yeah. and his concentration levels to stay making those big saves when it's needed is really, really important. Yes, it's a good shout. Okay, my friend, right, let's, so... let's move on to Anfield. Um, playing today, probably the last hope in, in a title race, really, for, for us neutrals and, and those who, who want things to go into Easter and, and further. Liverpool, not in great form. No one's in, in three for them. Faced a Brentford team that I think we all remember the 3-3 at the community stadium. Um, late goals and Thomas Frank and uh, Jurgen Klopp hugging at the end. Um, there were three goals for Liverpool. There were none for Brentford. Uh, how do you see this one, Rob? It was a pretty strong Liverpool team, obviously minus Mane, Salah and, and, and yeah. Cater. Um, how do you see this one? Obviously, Jota and Oxlade-Chamberlain played up front with Bobby Firmino. Curtis Jones played his first game, I think it's um, October, in, in the midfield. And Trent was back and Robbo was back in those fullback positions. Hmm. Well, I, I saw it as an awkward game hmm. for Liverpool at Anfield against Brentford that I think are... And the result shows it. Like They're, they're not a, a great team. I just think they're a dangerous team because the front two players that they've got um, they're starting to, to flag a little bit, I would say, Brentford now. Um, particularly bad, weren't they, against Southampton in the week? I remember doing that game. Yeah. And they're drifting down the table a little bit. But they made it, they made it kind of difficult for Liverpool. And, mm. and I thought Liverpool, again, were a little... It was a little difficult for them to find their flow going forward. And I think, as, as, as this game showed, the first goal is everything, really. Yeah. The first goal is everything. There, there was just a few little... Not moans and groans from at Anfield, but... The, the, the struggles in their attacking areas, it wasn't great. The final ball no. wasn't good. I'm not sure that, and I know he scored a goal, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Rob, is going to be the answer in one of those higher, the higher roles. Mm. I know that they've got to put somebody up there, and Minamino played in the last game, I think, and, and didn't yeah, look and particularly played good. Played in the cup, yeah, league cup. Um, and, of course, those two players actually scored in this game. Mm. So, you know, I know that, I realise that. I'm just, but before the goal went in, and, and, and unfortunately for Oxley chamberlain he's gone off injured. Yeah. But I thought he struggled to have an impact in that area. But maybe it's going to take them a little bit of time to get used to playing again in those wide positions that obviously always filled with Mane and, and Mo Salah. Yeah. So, the first goal, everything changes. Everything changes from the first goal. Then Brentford are losing. They've got to, they're going to be a little less dogged in defending. They've got to come out a little bit more. No surprise then that the second and third goal comes. Yeah. And in the second half, it's like, you know, cigars on. It's mm-hmm. it's nice and easy for Liverpool. No drama. 3-0. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. One game done without the two star yeah. players. Yeah. I look at what they've got next, Rob. They've got Palace, Leicester, Burnley and Norwich. And I'm sure in those four games, those two players will be returning. Yeah. Because it depends on how well their nations do in the... Uh, in the competition over there. Um, so not an awful schedule going forward. Mm. This is a, the first step of, of Liverpool trying, as we said right at the start yeah. from the, the, the topics, that they've got to try and stay in touch with uh, Manchester City, Rob, because City mm. have played all the games, they've got all the points, and and it makes it so hard for the teams chasing. If any time they make a mistake, yeah. you know, it, it feels like it's going to be all over. So no drama at the end, easy peasy, Strong Liverpool, good Liverpool. Great to get goals from Minamino and, and um, Oxley Chamberlain. Yeah, uh, but that's you know it, it, it wasn't always great in the first half. No, 
Just a thought, Robin. We, we touched on it. Uh, we're back, and, and I thought I'll, I'll run this one past you and, and get your thoughts on. Where do you see Jurgen Klopp in domestic cups? Because it's also a big week. Thursday, they've got this second leg of the um, semi-final against Arsenal in the League Cup, which is nil-nil at the moment. After that, they followed up with, with Cardiff in the FA Cup. We know the League um, Champions League kicks back in in, in in a month or so's time. With the games and with players, do you, do you think Jurgen Klopp still has... Is I on domestic cups, or is he? Is he? Is he? He's always seemed to me as though he's not given those too much priority, as though the league and the Champions League. Do you feel at this stage, a, that he will, or b, should he? Should he be? Should you know Liverpool evolved. The Liverpools we grew up with won some league titles and won some FA cups as well. And Bax made a, a decent point today. I thought with, with Chelsea said Chelsea have, have, have continued to win things, win a domestic cup here and there. Every, every year, they kind of usually find something. Is that something mm. Liverpool could do more? Will the squad allow? Should 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 a little bit more attention be given to the domestic cups? It's actually a really good point, Robert. A good question. Mm. Um, my initial reaction is, if you're Liverpool and you're the fans right now, I, I think to target the Premier League and the Champions League with your best teams, with your most focus, with your strongest lineup, with your players in the, the best fettle, if you like, or, or, or fitness levels, is the right way to go for Liverpool, right? But I, but I agree. Chelsea do it a little bit differently. They've won more titles. All I would say, Rob, is that if Liverpool trip up over the next week or two yeah. and feel quite honestly that that's a real tough stretch to reach Man City, then maybe that changes. Mm. Maybe you're right. Maybe like, you know what, let's be a little bit more, let's take a few more risks in the competitions, yeah. play, play play stronger sides in the league. Well, the League Cup's almost done, isn't it? Semi-final, yeah. second leg point. Um, but the FA Cup is a, you know, you ain't got to tell us what the, what the FA yeah. Cup is, mate. We, we grew up watching it as, a, as flipping, you know, tiny kids all the way through for me to, play in a final there with my shirt FA Cup final right behind me. So I, I think Liverpool fans would love Liverpool to, to really go for the FA Cup. Yeah. If, if again, it's a big if, they, yeah, they fall even the further behind. I think it's a, it's a good point. And something, given that league position, surely Jurgen Klopp would target the FA Cup. As he's, he's going to, of course, in the Champions League as yeah. well, when that kicks back up again in, um, yeah, yeah. in February. But I think, yeah, it's interesting. Mm. It's interesting. And it's all the more impressive with Chelsea. that They've managed to win trophies and, and European Cups and FA Cups and league titles. Yeah. You know, it's, it's pretty good. And, uh, of course, City, they do it their way. They've got mm. such a big squad. They can rotate and still have great teams to win the League Cup almost every year. So, good point. Good point. Yeah, yeah. and it's going to be one to watch uh, over the next couple of weeks. Let's take things to Villa Park. Uh, exciting day. Uh, everybody looking forward to the Philip Coutinho New signing, he was unveiled. He started on the bench. Luca Dina signed, I think, on Thursday in time to play. He started. Um, we'll talk about uh, Dina and Everton um, next and Rafa Benitez. But, but concentrating on Villa, Stevie G yeah. against Manchester United. They played in, in the Cup just, I think, a few days before on the Monday. And uh, United won that 1-0, one, one but not convincing by any means. And, and I think Villa gave them a good game. And then we there was a lot of attention on what Ralph Ragnick was going to do with his Manchester United team, how he was going to set them up, how they were going to play. Are we going to see some progression? What do you think? Hmm. Well, it's a funny one. And uh, <clears throat> it's funny because 
obviously the majority of things I've read and I've watched and I've mm. heard from people and former players and pundits and analysts and stuff have, have pretty much poo-pooed Ralph Ragnick, Rob, and, uh, yeah. you know, multiple times I've heard, can't see what he's doing, don't see anything different. Yeah. Um, don't know why he's there for, you know, blah, 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 blah. I, I, I might be wrong, mate, but, but I think I, I can see what he's trying to do. I mm. think I can. And, of course, it's not a great scoreline. We'll get on to Villa, but I mean Villa is absolutely bouncing right now. By the way, that's not an easy game to go with that with that atmosphere with the team how it's progressing the team. Yeah. Like you, Robin, I saw your reaction at halftime to to Man United. Mm. I thought the first half, of course, wasn't spectacular. Yeah, this Man United team under him is not as fluid. It's not as capable, maybe, of spectacular moments. Mm. I think he's trying to make it more efficient. I think he's trying to make it more organized. I think he's trying to make it more compact. I see uh, Greenwood and Alanga in this game much closer to fullbacks. Mm. I see a better shape in the first half. In the second half, of course, it all went away. Tiredness, whatever. Credit to Villa. You've got to give them for that. But I, you know, what, 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 it's got to start somewhere. Yeah. Ragnick, Robert. Yeah. I know he's had 10 games now. Mm. And I know it's a, it's a very difficult job. But, but if you're going to try and make them more of a, a not an up and down team is what he said and I yeah. totally agree with that up and down United I mean yeah you're going to get some flowing and some goals and some comebacks and and, and maybe more entertaining more fun yeah. games but that's not really the way that United should be going I see him trying to to to, to structure the team more and the systems change a little bit it doesn't really matter Rob this was more of a 4-4-2 it doesn't really matter Bruno Fernando a 4-4-1-1 I would probably say it's more accurate, Bruno dropping in. So, it, particularly in the first half, obviously in the first half, I saw that, even if I didn't see amazing football and people moaning on social media, this isn't Man United and what, what have we become? We're a mess. The guy's trying to do something, yeah. and that's how I feel, obviously, particularly about the first half. What, what did you feel? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, we agree on that. I, I saw a, a, a better organisation. I saw a better relationship between players. It was interesting, I said to Danny, it looks a couple of times to me as though he doesn't expect Cavani to do all too much running. So at times Cavani anchored and, and Bruno would go and Fred would go either side of him to go and close down a centre-back, almost getting Cavani ready for if they did win the ball, then he'd be the player they played through. So tactically you start to see some of the work that's been done on, on the training ground. So Langer was lively and, and, and Greenwood on those wide areas, at least brought a bit of youthful energy to the team. You know, having seen... Uh, Rashford of late, who's looked a bit laboured. So, yeah, for, for 45 minutes, I thought it was good. Second half started, didn't particularly play well. You expected a reaction from Villa, who, who were poor, in all honesty. They get the second goal, Rob, and then, again, I think we can all have our, our, our reasons and, and, and think why. I think fitness mm. is a bit of an issue to, for them to, to play with the intensity that he would really like. That then you start talking about game management and, and, and sort of understanding everybody's roles when you get 2-0 up. I think that's still got to be grooved better um, because from 2-0 up to, to, to allow the game to go away 2-2 in a game, we get, we'll credit Villa and talk about Coutinho and the impact of Stevie G. But if you're 2-0 up, Rob, 70 minutes, you're Manchester United, that should be three points, really. Well, yeah, e either way, Rob, and I've just made a quick note there not to forget about it. Either way that you you maintain this shape in this yeah, organization yeah. and make it difficult mm. for Villa uh, and or 
you keep the ball. Yeah, yeah. You keep the ball, and 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 for 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 I don't know how many months and years now we've been talking that, that, that this Man United team with some of the individuals mm. aren't brilliant at keeping the ball. Yeah. Um, so for those two reasons, and and mostly Villa's intensity, Rob, in that yeah. second half, the pressure. I mean, they're going to fly back at you. And and I I tend to give them a ton of credit for what they did. Yeah, Philippe Coutinho. Sure. I mean, it's you know coming onto the field, Rob, and having an immediate impact in the first goal. I don't think he gets the assist. I think he gets no, nudged. Fred. Uh, Fred, Fred nudged it off him. Yeah. <clears throat> did he nudge it to, yeah. to uh, Jacob Ramsey, uh, and then scores the goal? He slides in. I mean, it, it was it was fantastic. And you look at this Villa team, Rob, and what Stephen Giles trying to do. You know, with Dina coming into football club, Coutinho, Matty Cash is a great player. You've got good Douglas Luiz in midfield. You've got an, an Ollie Watkins. He's, he's slowly, and the club is slowly trying to put yeah. together a really talented, sure. entertaining team. And we'll see what happens to Coutinho at the end of the season. And, and, and Well, actually, between now and the end of the season, how his performances are, and can he consistently do this? Because if he does consistently add to assists and goals, then they're going to want to sign him. And that, that's particularly exciting. Um, so I, I, I think that that's the my takeaway back on Man United, Rob, is that, yeah, it, is, it potentially is going to get worse before it gets better. Lots of players in this line, of course, Ronaldo not being there, uh, Rashford, there's, there's lots of others missing, but I, I still, I'm not one to, 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 to immediately throw this guy out. Ralph Regnick is somebody that shouldn't be there or coaching. I can see he's trying to create a, a, a better team and not a team of individuals that we've been saying for a while now. And just let me pick up on on, on before because I think yeah. you, you're going to go to to a place. Yeah. Uh, just on Stevie G, Robert, and, and I think some we, we've touched on. And, and the more I'm watching, and obviously keeping keeping a close eye on on, on his development in the Premier League as a manager, because I just think these, these big big things are ahead for Stevie. But the things that, I, that impressed me with him, Rob, is I thought they, they, they weren't very good first off and they weren't at it and the atmosphere, you know, was great before the kick-off and then it got, it, the players allowed it to drop. He affects games, Rob. He affects half-times. When I see Villa come out, they're different. You know, sometimes you see a manager and you think, oh, set, first off was poor, second off he up there. Nothing changes. With Steven Gerrard, things change in his teams. He makes good substitutions, Rob, that affect games, that, that make things happen, that assist, that score, that change the shape. Did a nice, clever thing with Coutinho and Buendia. Played them like two tens underneath the Watkins and, and Ings, you know, when it, you'd have thought maybe one of those comes off for Coutinho. So, like, clever thoughts and, and, and winning, you know, numerical advantage in that midfield to hurt United's uh, press and their ability to come out. So, I just think that, uh, again... I'm loving what I'm seeing from Steven Gerrard. Uh, Danny made an interesting point to me. He says, I think it was Danny who said, what, you know, you, buy, you get Coutinho, that's put more pressure on Stevie G. And I said, yeah, I think Stevie G is one of them who's like, yeah, that's good. I want the pressure. I want to be the best I can be. And if that means I've got to take big players and take gambles or risks, that some people will think, I think he's happy to do that. Yeah, I think I said that, Rob, to you. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Maybe the last podcast yeah. about that, like an <coughs> expectation mm. levels would go up and yeah. they certainly are going up. Um, yeah, I, I still, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying what he's doing, Rob, and I agree yeah. with a lot of things you just said there. Um, I just, again, I'm just a bit cautious about. I, I want to see him in a bad, a bad run, and how he gets out of it, and how everybody reacts to. to yeah, well, they were on a bit of a bad run, weren't they? they yeah, they kind of are. They've won, yeah. they've won one in the last five, I think, it was yeah. Villa. 
They've got some difficult games, but one win in the last five is not great. Mm. So they've got to get back to winning ways. And, and But he's, again, he's got new players. Yeah. And I thought Dinia looked good as well. But I'll tell you what, Rob, this is, this is why we do this underappreciated thing where we all know <clears throat> who made the biggest impact here. It was Philippe Coutinho. Mm. And he's the easy guy to go to for, for a star yeah. player, but I'm yeah. not. I'm going to go for Jacob Ramsey, a 20-year-old midfield player that came through the academy, mm. scored a goal, really took it well with his left foot and then creates a goal for Coutinho with a, a stunning yeah. first-time ball with his left foot across the middle of the box, Jacob Ramsey from midfield. Mm. He probably has been underappreciated. Yeah. I'm telling everybody right now that we should continue to watch out for Jacob Ramsey at that age, yeah. with that desire and hunger at that football club, and with a, ma- a manager like Steven Jard who can tell him everything he needs to know and then some. Yeah about midfield play, particularly getting forward and scoring goals and doing the, and, and those creative passes, um, is going to be really interesting to watch. So Jacob Ramsey wins my underappreciated performer of the week. And it's a player that we all should take a real good look at and see how he develops at this uh, very exciting uh, Aston Villa team. Yeah, it's a great point. And, and, and I think it's one of the reasons Stephen Gerrard was enticed by the Villa job. That It's a, a club that won the, I think, won the FA Youth Cup last <clears> season, got a lot of youngsters. Jacob Ramsey, believe it or not, is one of three brothers. I think he's the oldest of three. He's the other two young brothers in the academy. Uh, Connie Chukwemeka yeah. is in the academy as well. He's got a brother in there. So there's some good local talent that Stephen Gerald can match with, you know, signings, decent signings of the Coutinho and Dina levels. And, and Stephen Gerrard talked about the Ramseys of the world will learn from being around Philip Coutinho. He'll be a better player for playing with, with Philip Coutinho. So, yeah, really good mix. A great, yeah, great pick mm-hmm. out because... Coutinho is the one with the headlines and, you know, the ex-Barcelona, ex-Liverpool. But Jacob Ramsey is quietly going about his business yeah. really well and, and having a big impact on the team, Rob. Just before mm. we move on on this one, uh, there's just one thing, I, I, again, I, I want to run past you. There was some suggestions out there in, in the media that, that Anthony Martial refused to go on the bench for Manchester United. The manager came out and said, he asked Martial and Martial refused. Martial, this morning, I believe, has come out on Twitter, denied that, said he would never do that, disrespect the club, the fans and his teammates. A spat, Rob, that I don't think is necessary. A spat that I'm a bit <coughs> scratching my head as to who to believe and who's benefit in this. Where are you with this one? Well, you know, it's kind of who do you believe type of thing. Yeah, it's difficult yeah, to get to the bottom yeah, of this. Yeah, All yeah. I would say, Rob, all I would say, right, in our experience and in my experience, if a manager comes out and says, Martial doesn't want to travel, doesn't want to be part of the squad, yeah. there's got to be something in that. Yeah, he wouldn't, say, he wouldn't say it otherwise, there's would he? There's got to be he something could, he, in it. He couldn't say it otherwise, could he? he could. No. And Martial can try and get out of it by saying, mm. well, actually, I didn't actually say that. I didn't mean that. I would play. but yeah, I, So yeah. it's kind of a play on words, I think, mm. that, that, that I would suspect the truth is. Yeah. Martial might have gave us some, some awful body language, yeah. like, you know, I don't want to... But, but not actually say, I mm. don't want to play for this team, yeah, because yeah. then he can go back and say that as a retort. So my, my initial thought is that he's fed up, he wants to leave the football club, he's chucked in some attitude, he might have said something, gestured something, didn't yeah. want to whatever, yeah. and, and um, the managers took it as, don't seem to want to play, didn't want to mm. be part of it, so I'm not going to include him. I mean, am I, I, I can't imagine... Yeah, I said this, uh, Matt, I can't imagine. He couldn't, he couldn't do that. And also, that also would get to the dressing room because there'd be somebody in the dressing room would know that Martial yeah. didn't, and then he said that, and it, it would leave him in a really almost untenable position. So, 
We'll see, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep our eye over that over the next couple of days if anything more comes out of it. But again, just unnecessary off-the-field stuff that the Manchester United don't need right now. You know, they've got to concentrate on getting results and, and winning games. Talking about winning games and the importance of them, Everton travelled to Carrow Road, to Norwich, with 2-0 down. I think it was 20 minutes in the game. Um, Michael Keane own goal, and then 92 seconds later... Uh, Adam Eder scores a goal. Uh, Richardson comes on as a sub-second half, gets one back. You're wondering if Everton can turn this around. They don't. The final whistle goes. Rafa's booed by the Everton fans. Oh. They put up a sign of Benitez, get out of our club. We talked about it after the show and says he's in the hot water. We'll have to see how this one pans out. And then when we came in this morning, Rob, a lot of news that there was a meeting at the football club. Decision yeah. would be made. And it's broken that Rafa's been sacked. No real surprise, mate, after that, is there? No, there's no surprise. Um, wow. You've got, you know, to, it's one win in the last 13 yeah. in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, the start was pretty good. The, the Everton start with the new manager was pretty good. At the time, I thought it was a solid choice. Give mm. him some time, mm. experienced, kind of get, get the club going in a, in a probably a slow but a stable progression. And it just didn't work out that way. No. Um, and and just as a big picture, I look. You look down the team, and I know there's had injuries, mm. but the team, even the team that's been playing, is better than better. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's better than this. Um, and and you know, given the backdrop of what we know, Rob, I think you talked about on the air today of what's happened on his watch. Yeah, it's pretty. It, I mean, it, it smacks of Everton changing decisions, changing minds. Marcel Brands was a director of football. They wanted to go down that avenue of, of let's stabilise, let's get an experienced director to bring in the good football, the, the good players, and then the managers, the coaches will come and coach that group. That was put under severe pressure when Rafa Benitez turned up. So Marcel Brands left the football club, citing differences at the boardroom level. So he's been undermined by, we assume, yeah. uh, Rafa Benitez. Um you know, you've, 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 of course, you've thrown there the former Liverpool manager. You've thrown there a lost to Norwich City. You've thrown there a player, one of the best players at the football club, falling out of Luca Dina, yeah. that ends up leaving for, for a reasonable fee. And, you, and the pragmatic, unentertaining football and the fact that the team is better than what we're seeing, there's yeah. too many reasons, Rob, <laughs> yeah. where I, I'd love to say, and I often say, mm. bit early, come on, yeah. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's be sure, but I can't, I can't offer any defence to Rafa Benitez when he's asked for power, people have left, yeah. they've given it him, and now like only a few weeks after he has been, in, in, obviously been fired. It does come back to the, the board, the leadership, the ownership of trying to, and, and just trying to think of the future, of yeah. trying to select, hire a football expert mm. director to run it all. And to say like, and, and not Select managers that are going to undermine you. And, yeah. and God, it, it, it is a mess. And I, we all feel sorry for them. We know they've got great plans for this stadium in a few years' time. We know the, the we know Goodison Park. We've played yeah. there many times. We know what it means to the Everton fans. And they must be pulling their hair out at the way that the club is being ran, Rob. I think that's more the issue. And when we say how you run a club, yeah. well, you're talking about decision-making from the ownership to a football expert who then decides on recruitment in coaches and players and, uh, and goes from there. I think the big thing for me, Rob, in, in this, and, and you say, listen, we've all got friends who are Everton fans. We've played at the ground. We, we know what, what, it, what that football club means. 
And 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 I think it's important to say that this hasn't just happened, you know, people because he's a because he was a Liverpool manager. Everton fans want the best for their football club and want to play decent football. They want they want decent football being played on, on a weekly basis. And and he hasn't been able to do that. So whether he was a Liverpool manager or not has made no, no big difference to this. It, it hasn't pushed him through the door or anything. He had the chance, as you said, to, 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 to keep them top ten at least would have been okay for now. To be pushing towards eight, seven would have been brilliant for, that, for now. But he, he wasn't able to do that. And the team are better than that. And, and people will say, you know, well, you know, we didn't spend much money. There's enough quality in that group. And he's been waiting for someone to come back. And we've seen... Calvert-Lewin now, Richarlison's back, and one or two others, uh, Gray's playing. No, there's enough talent there for this team that shouldn't be going to Norwich, who've only scored eight goals all season and be 2-0 down after 20 minutes. So it's a big, there's a big job for, for somebody at Everton to do now in terms of filling that void. We, we're hearing that um, big Duncan Ferguson is, is probably going to be given an interim role, as, as he has done in the past. I'm sure that'll be, let's see how things go. We may end up getting it till the end of the season. Although, I'm not sure they, get, they could get pulled into a, a, a relegation fight, but they're, they're not totally clear of it, Rob, at the moment. I think it's six Absolutely point, not. Six-point six gap in, in this they've game. Got, yeah, sorry, mate. Yeah, they've got, they've got, they've got 19 points, mm. and they're going to want to get to 38, 39 yeah. points. There's yeah. a lot of points they've got to win. Yeah. Um, I think a big dunk at Ferguson... Might might end up taking it, Rob, to the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. and maybe the club can clear their heads mm. a little bit and try and figure out the best way forward. Um, it, it it almost are we at a point? It almost doesn't matter who the manager is, Rob. Yeah, it, yeah. It's gonna, it, and, yeah. And unless the, the the structure and things are the leadership, right in place, yeah, yeah. The yeah. the parts above the coach, yeah. the manager, the mm. effect, then. You know, and, and, and talking about people, I know Wayne Rooney's been mentioned, yeah, Rob, and, yeah. and I think that what he's doing at Derby now is pretty amazing, trying to keep that mm. football club in, in the in the league when everybody yeah. else has deserted Derby County. I'd yeah. be surprised if, if he would leave them mm. to come to Everton right now. Again, in the summer, it's always a better time to find yeah. a different manager or as close to the end of the season as you can so you can get through a, through a pre-season. Um, you know, I hear um, Graham Potter's name mentioned, yeah, Rob. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, uh, I just, I mean, is it a good job to take for Potter? I think, first of all, I think he's going to attract clubs that are doing way better than Everton. Of course, I know how big Everton yeah, is, yeah. and I know potentially what, what could happen there. Mm. Wow. I, I would be surprised if Graham Potter would jump into this situation where so many others have failed. Yeah, I, I, I maybe with maybe if he's got the strength and the and, and some um, power where he can go in and say I'll come in, but on the, these are the, these this guy come you know this is my technical guy and body body blah. I just think if you're Graham Potter, Rob, he's, he came back into English football. He was at Swansea for for a short while, did well, come, got a job to Brighton, done well. You get Everton and have a chance to do well in that new stadium, fifty thousand people. Competing with Liverpool on a regular basis. Well, yeah, but you're but, talking. Well, that, that, that's so far away, mate. No, that's yeah, so but you've away. got to you've got to get the right Liverpool guy to start stadium. building the things. It's a it's an ownership group with money. Okay, it needs a clear, it needs a sort out. But this guy doesn't look like he, he he's scared of, of hard work, rolling his sleeves up. You know he'll play the right football. He's young. He's ambitious. If I'm Graham Potter, Rob, I'm I'm thinking that I would be thinking about it if it was me. I got to say, you maybe not so. I'm. I'm 
Everton job doesn't come round to Graham Potter that often. I know that you and, he, and he's a great coach. Which other job? He wouldn't Tottenham, Arsenal, Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea. I don't think he gets any of those jobs, even with all the work he's done. Spurs, possibly. But they've had a chance listen, to get him then. In the listen, I hear you, and mm. it's a good argument, right? It's a good, mm. it's a good debate. It's just whether, and I'm going on this side of this line, yeah. the club is so much of a mess, it wouldn't do him any favours to go in. Possibly. If they're less in a mess, I get it. Mm. If they've got a, a different, if they've got a strong director of football in there with a little bit of track record of doing some good work, mm. brilliant. Because of all the things you just said, I couldn't yeah. agree more about yeah. Everton as a football club. Yeah. What a brilliant... What a flipping great club to go and go and manage. Absolutely. But it's such a mess right now. Does he, he's, on a, he's on a crest of a wave right now, Graham Potter, for what mm. he's doing, with what he's built, with how he's doing it. He goes in there and to try and turn that around and to... Mm. Whew, I, yeah. I, I, I think I it's an you. interesting... I yeah. hear you, but it's the same Brighton fans who a few months, months ago so booed him when they drew a game at home and he, he wasn't happy, so... We'll see. It's obviously, there's plenty of time to go, plenty of candidates. I'm sure many names, are good, many more names. Rob, before you move on, mate, before you move on, I just got to ask a question. Rafa Benitez, where does he go from here? Is it, are we going to see him uh, in the I'm not, League It's again? a very good question. Um, I'll tell you where we could see him from here. And if you want a sneaky $10, he'd be the Watford manager before the end of the season. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Boom. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, always chucks one in. There always you go. One in. There you go. Let, let, let's, let's move it on and chuck it on to uh, up to, to he said Upton Park and the London Stadium. West Ham in good form. Took on a Leeds United team that are struggling um, with injuries. No Patrick Bamford. He expected he'd be back. I've got to be honest with you, I was a little surprised by this one. West Ham beat Leeds in the Cup last week. Couldn't do it in the league, and it was a Jack Harrison hat trick, a player that struggled for goals a little bit this year after doing so well last. Three-two uh, win to West Hat uh, to Leeds United. Mm. Um, a bit disappointing this for David Moyes, and the great chance he had at the end, and I'm sure the Jared Bowen sort of try to chest the ball in, and it's come across in six-yard box. Of all people, you know, right man, right place, wrong finish for for, for Bowen, and, and mm. with that went the chance of the three points. Yeah, I, just a surprising result. Mm. I mean, amazing. Like, we watch them earlier in the week, and you're, like, super impressed with them. Jared Bowen was, was incredible in the game. I just, like, it, it flicked over, Robert. Did it come too quickly? Of course. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. It got, it got a little nick off a defender, it didn't it? got a little it? nick. And, and I don't slow think motion he adjusted it. Look, yeah. Yeah, and slow motion, like, well, here's the ball. Go on, then <laughs> bend down and head it. It looks yeah. awful. But in real time, mm. I don't know whether it just came to him a bit quickly, uh, that chance there. Um you know, this is the Premier League, Rob, yeah. and this is Leeds United, and yeah. this is what Leeds, and this is kind of like the the, the conundrum of Leeds. Mm. Is everybody okay having to end crazy games? Yeah. I am. That's what he's done. That's what he's taught these players to do. Yeah, yeah there's going to be some flipping shellackings and some bad defeats, but you're going to get some random wins. There's yeah. some crazy open games where they do take their chances, even without Patrick Bamford. Mm. Of course, they're still missing. Um but brilliant for Leeds. I mean, because I because you know Leeds are still well and are still in a in a precarious situation in the league, Rob. And of course, yeah. for them, you never know what you're going to get. Mm. But this is the upside of Leeds. This isn't the oh, well, let's change things. Let's get be a bit more defensive yeah. and sit back and try and be a bit more normal mm. in a team that's struggling in the league. This is it doesn't matter. Let's carry yeah. on. And 
and this is a good day for Leeds. They're going to have some bad ones, yeah. but I think they're going to have enough good ones to stay in the league and make the philosophy uh, justifiable. Of course, they need Bamford back and a couple of others to really be at their best and to see what we did last year and have a little bit of that form. Um, but yeah, I think two sides of this, this, this game, Rob. Mm. Well done, Leeds. Jack Harrison, who, by the way, you know, came to where he is now in a different way, Rob, didn't he? He went to school in America. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, joins the, uh, the... NYFC, doesn't he? NYFC, yeah. And he's kind of come yeah. all around a little bit and end up now back mm. at, in the Premier League scoring goals for Leeds United. Yeah. So fair play to Jack Harrison and fair play to Leeds in this one. Yeah, well played. Disappointing uh, for, for David Moyes, his West Ham team going really well and obviously... Looking to cement that place in fourth spot. Um, we'll just have to see with West Ham now. I hope there's no drop-off. I'd love to see them be challenging in there for that fourth spot between now and the end of the season um, with those other teams. Obviously, Arsenal, Spurs, Manchester United underneath them at the moment waiting for those spots. But, yeah, uh, good win for Leeds. Um, I'm sure they're going to be OK, and, and then they'll look at things in the summer. Just worry a bit about Rafinha, Rob. He played particularly well a game for Leeds, um, helped make the, the winning goal. I think there might be one or two sniffing around him. Um, he's a real talent. I mean, Leeds are ambitious, and if, if they want to move on, they've got to keep players like that and add to them and build with them. But uh, I can see one or two people keep, maybe keeping their eye on him when, when the summer comes around. I think he hasn't yet signed a long-term contract. Hmm. So we'll see how that one Yeah, I, I think they, they won't want to sell him. There's no noise. There's not much noise now, Rob, around the player himself yeah. wanting to... No, wanting to get away. I just think he's playing so well. He's left-sided yeah. and what he can do. There might be one or two looking at him. Let's move it on yeah. to Newcastle-Watford. So, Newcastle have got Kieran Trippier in the door. Scott Chris Wood in the door. Chris Wood made his debut wearing the big num- number 20 for Newcastle United. Um, up at the Toon Army. The atmosphere was buzzing, as you'd expect. 50,000 going crazy. Uh, and Newcastle eventually get themselves ahead, Rob. And, and you're thinking, you know, exactly what Eddie Howe needs. Another win. Uh, to add to the one win of the season, you know, Woods in, in, in the fall, maybe looked for a couple of defenders, and we can start to build. And as ever, I think they've got more points from winning positions now than anybody else in the league. They give away a pretty cheap goal, good header from Pedro, but it's a ball into the box that you'd like to think should be defended. And it ended very flat, Rob, and Eddie Howe looked visibly a little bit shaken by what by the result and, and, and the consequences really of, of, of what that, that meant I mean this is this is how Eddie Howe plays Rob isn't yeah, it and yeah. you're right I mean St James's I mean the, the, the atmosphere in there new players playing Chris Wood involved mm-hmm. put himself about getting yeah. a few opportunities Kieran Chippier looking like a million dollars very calm very composed very uh, you know, almost leading straight away mm. the way he's pointing and cajoling his teammates. And some of the football was great. So Maximum does his thing. Yeah. Again, from nowhere, cuts That's inside. Gone, yeah. God, he's such, a, he's such a dangerous player coming in from that mm. outside left. He gets the goal. And in the second half, Rob, I'm making my notes. I'm watching the game, making my notes. And I'm, and I'm saying, again, this is Eddie Howe. I should know it. But it's like, yeah. wow, Newcastle really going for the second. Yeah. Really going yeah. for the second. Risky, question mark. And, of course, not many minutes later, towards the end of the game, João Pedro with a brilliant yeah. header, by the yeah. way, Rob. Yeah. I thought it was a well, fantastic yeah. header. Brave as well. So, in this situation for Eddie Howe, <laughs> I get it. There's two ways of going, Rob. Mm. There's, you, 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 you put the brakes on a little bit. Mm. You, you pack out midfield a little bit. You defend a little bit deeper. You see out the, the, 
And some would argue, were you inviting pressure for Watford? That's yeah. one way of trying to yeah. see out the game at 1-0. Yeah. The other way, of course, as which Eddie Howe did, is to try and score another and to be expansive and to go for it again. And the, and, and the atmosphere, you know, they all get taken away with it a little bit. Yeah. Flying forward, I just saw Watford chances, Rob, mm. throughout the game, throughout the game. The Watford forwards looked, for me, like they, they were always thought they were going to get chances. Yeah. They always had opportunities yeah. with uh, Josh King playing in the central, mm. <clears throat> Emmanuel Dennis, Dennis yeah. <clears throat> and Pedro, sorry, so my throat. Um, they're just a dangerous front three. Mm. And, and, and in a Newcastle philosophy of still attacking, even when they're winning, it's just smacks of risky policy. Um, and and they, they drop the two points, Rob. And, yeah. and again, you know, we can keep looking at the changes and the, and the signings and the new players. I'm sure there's going to be more. I mean, they've still got they've still got to find ways to win games and yeah. go on runs and win a few games on the spin. Uh, this is a body blow, mate. Watford in and around them. They're yeah. at home. They're flying. They've got new players. They've played twenty uh, games yeah. now, Rob. Twenty games they've played. They've got eighteen games left. They've Man. won one game in twenty. Yeah. They've won one game in twenty. They've won one game in I think twenty two all competitions. One game this season in all competitions. Gone out of the FA Cup against Cambridge. I mean, yeah. it's risky for Eddie, and, and obviously bodies have got to come in, and, and listen, he's going to do it his way. But I'm, t- I'm telling you what, Rob, this, this is right down to the wire. This is down to that, that Burnley game that we talked about at, at Turf Moor, the last game when Chris Woodmore be going back to, 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 to face his uh, Burnley team he's left. Um, they, I would, I would say right now, they, they would hope they've still got a chance by then to, to not be, to be down. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I, am. I, I just I just see the game, Rob, and I'm like, okay, Newcastle yeah. should win this game. Yeah, yeah. Their points then becomes 14 points. Yeah, so it's, it's huge. Know, it's a huge win, isn't it? It's a huge. They're going to kick out of this situation. Yeah, it's a huge one. I still have them. I still have them in my bottom three. Unfortunately, I, I still think that they're careless, Rob, and you know, mm. they don't defend well enough. Yes, his goals and the way Eddie wants to do it is brave. Some might say a little bit foolhardy, but. Uh, yeah, we'll see how this one goes, but many more dramas, I think, to come at Newcastle between now and the end of the season. Uh, let's move it on to, uh, I think they call it the M23 Derby, Brighton versus Crystal Palace. Yeah, well, I, I know on the Friday. Yeah. On the Friday night. Um, game of football, again, Brighton, with, uh, as you'd expect, more possession, more shots, didn't, couldn't quite um, get themselves a goal. A penalty saved from Jack Butland, uh, Pascal Gross, with uh, the penalty that Jab Butland saves. And then um, Brighton go, Palace go one up through Conor Gallagher um, with a good finish again for him. Just continues to get goals, but Brighton find a way back in the game. Yeah, I, I think, you know, not too much to say about this, Rob. Mm. We know it's a derby. We know it's always a good atmosphere. Um, we know what some of the, the histrionics have both yeah. on and off the field recently. I thought I enjoyed it. Enjoyed yeah, the game. Yeah, good game, yeah. Um, I just again, you, you can't help thinking of Brighton. They 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 get, put themselves in situations, positions to win games, control games. Don't take it. Yeah. Don't take chances. Miss, missing penalties. Um, you know, then they, they allow Palace back into the game with that late mm. own goal. So listen, one-one, fair result. They're mid-table. They're both doing great. I like both managers. I like yeah. both the teams. Particularly like again, we know about Graham Potter's football that he's playing. Yeah. He's been in the job longer than Patrick Vieira, and Vieira mm-hmm. is on is on a similar path to try yeah. and produce that football at similar clubs, I suppose, in terms of their spending, possibly. Rob, mm. um, 
Brighton's further on, and, and, and for me, Brighton aren't, aren't still aren't winning the games you expect, and, and be, yeah. their their play looks yeah. like it's they deserve. So, uh, yeah, yeah. For probably a fair result, Rob, isn't it? Yeah, pretty fair result. And it's funny, Rob, as, as I was doing this game and made a note on both teams, I said, well, how both these teams could, could do with a 15-goal-a-season striker. Brighton, somebody finish off all their good work. Palace, the way they play and with pace and counter-attack, somebody in the box. You know, um, Edward started. Mateta came on, actually brought a bit of physicality. Talk about Ben Teke, he's been linked to Burnley now, you know, from Palace's point of view. Uh, Mope, you know, continues to be, but you just feel like they could do with it, a real focal point to that attack, to be the end piece to all that, that good play that Graham Potter's team did. But, yeah, you're right, we, I thought it was a pretty fair result. Good game, uh, like both coaches, both managers, and um, we'll see how they'll go, but both will be fine this season. Uh, Wolves was the other game we, 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 we need to touch on Wolves 3 Southampton 1 good result for, for this Wolves team who just seem to be efficient Rob just go about the business seem to get it done um, get the goals uh, Jimenez penalty uh, we got a, 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 a Doma Traore goal my friend Yay. missed a great chance before and then broke away and gets the third goal uh, at the time and we probably have to give a little mention to James Ward-Prowse don't we and the free kick and the quality that this guy just brings is, is like incredible at the moment yeah I mean normally it's, it's free kicks Rob are, are closer yeah and they're a they're a the little bendy curler, little bender yeah, yeah. yeah the little bendy one is yeah. side foot and he's just trying to get his foot around the ball in part that spin side spin to it yeah so this one was like wow mm. I mean we, have, we haven't seen that one in the lock uh, many times Rob where he's hitting through it True. to try and create a bit yeah. of knuckle yeah that's Ronaldo style cool so the fact that he pulled that off is like God. I mean, just haven't seen many of those. No, I haven't anyway. No. Maybe I'm, you know, but the, the War Prowse ones are like 22 yards out from a sight angle. Boom! I mean, almost automatic. I heard a couple of people a, saying who were on the ra- on the radio last night saying it's the best free kick I've ever seen. They were at the game. Oh, they were at the game. Someone was saying it's the best free. He, he knuckled and, <laughs> and went. So it's the best free kick they've ever seen. Like, wow. Yeah. Maybe you need to watch yeah. it again. It's a beauty. I've watched it many times. Yeah. It's an absolute beauty in the top corner there with the power. Uh, unfortunately for Southampton, it wasn't a good yeah, day for them. Yeah. You know, and they've had plenty of good days. And I think we we like what's happened in mm. Southampton. And there's new ownership there, which will be interesting. The club will be absolutely in a great position now. I think with yeah. new owners, yeah. smart directors managing the recruitment side of things, even more smart than what they've had in the past. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a good day for Wolves. Wolves yeah. are team that don't score any goals. They, they score so few. They concede so few. Kind yeah. of really unusual numbers for them. Seventeen scored and fifteen. Mm. Uh, conceded, no. and that's before. No, sorry, that's included in this game with three goals scored. So, yeah. really, one of the league's lowest scorers. So good for yeah. them. Good, one, one good point, for Conor one, one point behind Manchester United, my friend. Wolverhampton yeah. Wanderers. Yeah, yeah. Bruno Large, mate, yeah, a no, manager that yeah. could be going places. Well, let me. Let, my, my other last shout, my other crazy shout for Everton, Ralph Hasenhutl would not be the worst appointment. I know, they've, I, been, I I know they've been that route before with um, yeah. Kuman. Ronald Koeman. Yeah. Did I also hear you chuck in on the air today? <laughs> Jose. We've got to love Jose. We want Jose in the league. Just just for, podca- <laughs> for podcast value. I'm not sure Everton fans can live with us. They know for podcast value we want Jose. But that's going to be interesting to see who, who does get that, that Everton job. Listen, mate, on the weekend when we lost the North London derby to COVID, plenty of people not happy with that. Decision, but it was business as usual for Man City, beating Chelsea, winning 12 straight games now in the league. Man United gave up a 2 0 lead against Villa to draw 2 2. 
And even with new signings, Newcastle continues to drop points from winning positions. We're going to be back on Thursday, that's January the 20th, when we'll look back at a couple of those rearranged games in the league. And we'll look back at the Arsenal-Liverpool semi-final in the League Cup to see who meets Chelsea in February's final. But for now, I'm Earl. He's Musty. Together we're the two Robbies. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe, stay healthy. It's a good night from me. And it's a good night from him. Good night. Good night.